Good morning. Uh, welcome as we come um, to worship today uh, here in St. Columbus. Um, we begin today with uh, Psalm 141, uh, a psalm um, that is one of David's psalms, um, but a psalm that encourages us um, to cry out to God. Here's the first couple of verses of it. It says, O Lord, I call to you, and so come quickly to me. Hear my voice when I call to you. My prayer be set before you like incense. And may the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Um, the psalmist there beginning that call, I call to you, come quickly to me. Hear my voice when I call to you. There's almost a sense of urgency in the psalmist as he writes those words uh, because he wants to lift up his sacrifice to the Lord. And as we gather together as a community of believers, we come to sacrifice our lives, our very being uh, before him in our worship, in our prayers, in our exaltations, and in our fellowship together. As we hear the reading for today. Listen, my beloved, look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit, the blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. My dove in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. My beloved is mine and I am his. He browses among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or like a young stag on the rugged hills. Thank you to Rona uh, for reading that uh, piece of scripture today from the Song of Songs. Um, it's not uh, a particular book that we hear preached upon a lot, actually, from the front of church. Um, it, it's a poem. It's a love poem, actually. Um, it's a great love poem of the scriptures uh, between two people who have uh, fallen um, in love. And that particular passage is the one that's a, the Old Testament passage is appointed for today, actually. Uh, but it's also a passage that would be read at weddings um, for its appropriateness for the love that's shared between um, two people. Um, Rona read that. It's the first time I've ever heard, uh, this was commented on as well earlier, the first time I've ever heard uh, Sturdy described as a gazelle. <laughs> Leaping like a gazelle uh, over the mountaintops. Um, but we'll come not to Sturdy leaping like a gazelle, but we'll come to what the meaning of that is in a wee moment. Uh, but let's pray as we come before God's Word. Father, thank you that your word is living and active. And even in these passages that we don't open uh, very often in the, con in the context of uh, us gathering as a community to worship, Lord, we pray that today your word would speak into the depths of our very being uh, through maybe these unfamiliar verses, but yet the truth contained within them. In your name, uh, amen. Uh, so this um, is from the Song of Songs, uh, chapter 2. Um, and it's also called the Song of Solomon in some Bible translations. Um, 
People would say it has been written by Solomon, um, King David's uh, son, and it is a love poem. And as you read through it, you can see that. Um, and some bits are more intimate than others, but it's actually uh, very poignant as we discuss this uh, atmosphere of love, if you like, today. If you reread this passage, chapter 2, verses 8 through to 17, or indeed if you read any of this particular book in the Bible, you'll see that it is almost like a literary masterpiece. Um, it is designed in such a way that it, it brings up all those um, literary moments, um, the equal opposites, the, the moments that transcend what you read into your thinking, uh, the moment that lifts the words off the pages to allow you to imagine uh, what it is that the writer uh, is speaking of. But here, between these two people who are in love, um, there are three things. And the first of them is, there is anticipation. See, in verse 8, we hear, listen, my lover. Look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding um, over the hills. There's a sense that um, this, uh, this, at uh, this moment, it's the female who is speaking in the poem. There's a moment where she is gazing out of her window, almost waiting uh, for him to come, longing for him to come. Now, for those of you um, who uh, have fallen in love with someone else, who have been in a relationship with someone for a prolonged period of time, or maybe even just starting a relationship, can you remember that moment where you wait for the telephone to ring or the message to pop in or that moment of expectation, of anticipation um, to meet that individual for the date? It builds in you. you know, there's a moment sometimes where you can think um, of nothing else. There's butterflies um, in the stomach as you wait in anticipation uh, for that individual to come. And that's exactly what she is doing here. She is waiting in anticipation. Verse 11 says, See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. There is um, this uh, beautiful moment, isn't there, that... Uh, Whenever we get through the dark days of winter, we begin to see the spring come, don't we? And the early signs of springs are the buds on the trees. We begin to say, oh, look here, up pops the crocus or the daffodil uh, out of the soil. Up pops the bud out of the branch. The nights are on the turn. Will be another phrase in Northern Ireland, isn't it? The winter's gone. There's a sense of anticipation that there is something else coming here. In verse 13, she says, The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. There's a moment where if... There's a new pastime in our house from one person more than others. It's blackberry picking. Right? And there's a moment of anticipation whenever this individual walks past a row of blackberries and sees that they're not quite big enough or they're not quite black enough yet. They're still kind of red and have a wee bit of growth left them. Oh, must go back there. That's going to be a really good spot to pick the blackberries. 
a fruit always has that moment where it forms its early fruit before the fullness of the fruit actually comes. It's the same with any fruit. That's exactly what she is saying here. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their rings. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful, and come to me. She's saying, look, there is more yet to come in this relationship than the early flushes of love. And so there's anticipation. But there's also attentiveness in this relationship. First, he says that as well. Listen, my lover, look here. He comes leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. She is watching to see how he comes. Can you imagine if she'd have said, listen, my lover, look, here you come dragging your leg and coming like a slug or a snail. It would be completely different, wouldn't it? She's watching how he's coming. She's watching his form. She's watching the excitement in him as he arrives to meet with her. And for him, he starts speaking in verse 14. He says, my dove, my dove. He's even got a pet name for her. My dove in the clefts of the rock is the hiding place on the mountainside. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. He's taken the attention to detail of her form as he has gazed at her and he has fallen in love with her. Now we say beauty is only skin deep. It's what's on the inside. It's the person's personality and character. But often we know it's in that instant as we gaze or look at someone first that we think they are beautiful by how they look. We're attracted to them and then we realize how beautiful they are as we get to know them in their personality, in their traits, in their little quirks that we fall in love with. The attentiveness to each other means that they have spent time watching each other, listening to each other. And their attention to detail, it comes after that attentiveness. Because in verse 14, it says, My dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding place, show me your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. That sense of knowing everything about the other person. And so between these two people who are in love, there's a sense of anticipation, of attentiveness, and a real attention to detail. And in a sense, as Solomon wrote this, as the experts would say Solomon wrote it as, as, as he wrote this love poem. He's expressing the desire and the love that one should have between themselves and the Lord. All Scripture points to our relationship with God. It tells the story of who God is and what he has done for us in order that we can understand or relationship with him. This is a, in one sense, it's about being in love with Christ. How in love with him uh, are we? You see, here in this passage, there's a mutual uh, belonging in verse 16. My lover is mine and I am his. It's the female speaking again. She doesn't simply say that he's mine. Or she doesn't simply say, I'm his. My lover is mine and I am his. There's a mutual belonging. 
There's a sense that they fit together, that they are supposed to be. Now we know from the pages of Scripture that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We've been knit together in a mother's womb. And even before one of the days came, the Lord has ordained it to be. He knows us. And he wants us to know him. He wants us to be able to say that we are his. And that he is ours. But there's more than that. There's a a mutual presence going on here. The the two are coming together. They're not just staying apart. This isn't a long-distance relationship. This is a coming together. This mutual presence means that we, we need to spend time in the presence of the Lord. You know, and John, as we spend time in the presence of the Lord, we get to know them. We, we know that. As we express and grow relationships with other hum, human beings, with other uh, friends, it only comes as we spend time together. I met Shirley on the 15th of August, 1998. 23 years ago just passed Um, do I love her as much as I loved her then just no I just really that one hanging of course I do in fact I would say I love her more as we've got to know each other as we have spent time together as we've seen the highs and the lows Uh, of the relationship as we've traveled the journey uh, of marriage, of children, of uh, ministry, of life in good times and in bad times. We've seen it through because we know that we can stand together. Because we know that there's a mutual presence that when one feels down, the other will be able to lift up. And In our relationship with the Lord, we need to have that mutual presence. We need to work at that presence. We need to spend time with him in order that we can grow that relationship. And this passage is, Solomon describes the the sense of a mutual presence among the vineyards or the blossom of the trees and the fig trees coming into bloom and into fruit. You know, we, we need to... We need to shift that. We need to use that the presence may not be in the vineyards. It may be on the streets with the Lord. The the presence may not be uh, uh, here in this context in in a different country, but it may actually be in our own homes, in our workplaces, and amongst our families. Those early blooms, um, those fragrance of the fruit that is described in this passage might be swapped for the fragrance of a coffee in a local coffee shop as we have a conversation with a friend, as we spend time to support them and encourage them. The fragrance of a meal has been freshly cooked and, and handed over to someone who is finding it difficult at the moment. Those are all fragrances of our relationship and our love for God as we reach out hand in hand, foot in foot with each other, supporting and encouraging us along the way. Because greater love has no man than this 
Jesus says in John 15, that he would lay down his life for them. The Lord says, as Moses and the Lord were in conversation in Exodus 33, the Lord said he wasn't going to go with Moses anymore because the people had sinned and turned away from him so much. And Moses says, you must go with me. I need your presence, O Lord. Otherwise, Moses says, how will I be distinguished from everyone else in the whole of the earth? Because the presence of the Lord living in us and through us, in our words and in our actions, is the fragrance that the world around us needs. So how in love with the Lord are you today? And I ask myself that question too. Because he is head over heels in love with you. He is mine. And I am his. That would be a wonderful mantra for us to carry from this place today. Let us pray. Father, thank you that you are indeed in love with us. Your word is undeniable in that. Your actions are undeniable in that. Help us to see your love afresh and anew today. And in turn, in seeing your love and receiving your love, showing that love to those around us by being your hands and your feet, by practically carrying your presence into the situations that we go into. Amen. Amen. As we close, uh, we hear some words uh, from Numbers this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.